Confident of God's great love for us, we can admit where we have failed our Maker and our Savior. Together, let us acknowledge our need of grace and hear again the promise of God's mercy. Confident that we belong to God as his beloved children, let's confess together our sins, trusting the abundant mercy of God, which has been poured out for us. Shall we pray? Great God Almighty, you know our sin. You know our history is to take the perfection you offered us in the garden and turn it into a tangle of weeds and thorns. We know what we want, but forget what we need. Our desires are virtually endless. And when we finally obtain that which we covet, we find that it does not satisfy. And we move on to pursue something else. O oh Lord, we have failed to live in accordance with your laws. Forgive us, we pray. Heal us from our reckless disobedience and empower us to live in ways that will bear fruit for your kingdom. These things we pray in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who of his great mercy has promised forgiveness of sins to all who heartily repent and turn to him, he has mercy on you. He pardons and delivers you from your sins. He confirms and strengthens you in all goodness, and he keeps you in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ we are. Let us confess our faith in the wonderful words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now in that spirit of togetherness in Christ, let us greet one another. Good morning. morning. Welcome to Worship at Church of the Palms. It is great to see you here today. If you're seated on the aisle side of the pew, if you would take that red friendship pad that's there and sign your name to it and pass it down. Take note of the names of the folks who are seated nearby you. And I would encourage you to uh, have a continuing conversation uh, after the service so you can get to know one another better. 
So as we begin our worship today, I wanted to draw your attention to the announcements that are printed in the bulletin and uh, highlight a few of those for you this morning. Uh, the first uh, announcement I wanted to highlight is just the uh, spectacular day that we had here yesterday for the Day of Hope. How many, how many folks were here serving at the Day of Hope? It was absolute, thank you so much. It was, for, for those of you who don't know, maybe you're a guest with us today. The Day of Hope, it, this is the second time we have done it. It is an opportunity that we at Church of the Palms and a number of other churches in the community take to uh, seek to reach out to students in our community whose families are in need as they prepare to begin the school year. We provide them with backpacks and school supplies and hygiene articles and medical checkup and dental checkup and haircut and photograph and meals. And it was a wonderful day. We served 131 students yesterday with well over 200 volunteers. And when you include the students' families, there were well over 200 folks we were serving. It was, a, it was an outstanding day of uh, seeking to be a blessing to our community as we served God together. And it was, it was a joy to do it. It was just a joy. And so uh, you will also notice in the bulletin, we have a, there's a volunteer spotlight there. Uh, two of our volunteers who, uh, as you're not going to be surprised, Don and Roxana, were here yesterday for Day of Hope, helping to make that happen. And we just want to do that periodically, to shine a spotlight on some of the many faithful volunteers who serve here and share stories of why it is, why, why God does such, uh, gives us such wonderful blessing as we seek to be a blessing to others. And on the back of that volunteer spotlight, you'll see there are um, ten, top 10 ways that you might find to serve as a volunteer, where we have um, ministry needs here at Church of the Palms. And so I would encourage you to read through that list and pray through it. And, um, and again, just to lift up what a joy it is when God's people serve together and uh, extend that opportunity to you. And so uh, continuing with that day of hope focus that began yesterday, you know, we've been talking about the Ben and Juliana Zobrist event that had to reschedule it from in June because Juliana took ill on the day of their um, performance here. But it's going to be tonight right here in the sanctuary beginning at 7 o'clock. And even if you don't have tickets yet, you're invited to come. Moving it to the sanctuary gives us plenty of space. We'll still be selling tickets at the door. And the great news is the, the proceeds from this concert and, and inspirational speaking event will go towards continuing that uh, Day of Hope ministry that went on yesterday. Also wanted to mention there are some important birthdays in the church family. Italia Hall turns 100 tomorrow. 100 years old. Betty Callanan is a few years behind, but in her 90s, also tomorrow. And on a, uh, a, a less, in, in some ways, less joyful note, although we, we rejoice for those who have passed from this life into the presence of God, we, we have lost from our midst Darlene Yost, who died on Wednesday. Her service is... Uh, Tuesday of this week at 11 o'clock right here in the sanctuary. Ruth Parks died on Thursday. No service is planned. Suzanne Huber died in Indiana this past week. Her service will be held on Friday the 16th. And Karen Thompson died on Friday. Her service will also be on August the 16th at 2 o'clock. So with... Uh, those announcements made with gratitude in our hearts for these saints who have gone on to be with the Lord. We continue our worship as the ushers come forward to receive the morning tithes and offerings.
I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. Jesus Christ now lives in me. I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. Jesus Christ now lives in me. I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. Jesus Christ now lives in me. I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. Jesus Christ now lives in me. the cross where Jesus suffered though it will cost all you claim as yours sacrifice will seem small beside the treasure eternity can't measure what Jesus holds in store the love the cross requires cling to the one whose heart knew every pain receive from Jesus fountains of compassion only he can fashion your heart and move as he Let us pray. Dear Lord, we give back to you in thankfulness what you have given to us in kindness. We acknowledge that the world and its resources are not ours but yours, and that you have put us in charge as your trustees. Help us to exercise responsibly the authority you give us in your world. Let Jesus, your Son, be the pattern for all our dealings with one another 
and with the rest of creation. Bless the gifts we now present back to you so that they may be used in the work of your kingdom on this earth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. And now we invite the children to come forward for the children's moment with Lori Haas. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Pretty good? Very good. Day of Hope was awesome. Ben Zobris tonight is going to be awesome. It is a great place to be. I am so glad you guys are here. So good. We're going to start with a little seventh inning stretch. Everybody stand up. Take, oh, to the ball game. Take me out to the crowds. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. I don't care if I never go back for its root. Root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one. You may have a seat. Wow, great job. I want to talk about one line in that song, and that is Cracker Jacks. You guys ever have Cracker Jacks? Oh, my goodness. They have been around so long, and you know how I know that? They were around when I was a kid. They have been around so long, they were around when Mr. F was a kid. Woo-hoo-hoo! Now, I love popcorn, and if you put caramel on it, it's like a little slice of heaven. But that's not why I love Cracker Jacks. Look right here. A new fun prize inside. They used to be in a box when I was a kid. I don't know if they still sell them that way. I would woof down that whole box of Cracker Jacks just so I could get to the prize. But you know what? I was always disappointed. The prize was so lame. It really, really stunk but I kept buying Cracker Jacks because I thought, one day I'm going to get that great prize that's hidden in here. I guess I shouldn't have been surprised that I never got that prize because you know what? It's the oldest trick in the book. It's the one Satan used on Adam and Eve back in Genesis. God had just created the world in chapters 1 and 2. Everything is awesome. Adam and Eve are living in this garden. They have everything they could ever want. And God says, it's all yours. Just one rule. Don't eat from the fruit of that tree over there. That's it. But then one day, Eve had a conversation with Satan. Do you remember the animal that Satan used to talk to her? What do you think I have? Not a live snake, but I could have, I bet. So the snake comes to Eve, and the snake says, Hey, Eve, if you want to be as smart as God, want this fruit? And Eve goes, Man, that'd be pretty cool if I could be as wise as God. She takes the fruit. She eats it. She gives it to Adam. He eats it. Guess what? He didn't keep his end of the bargain. There was no great prize in that. You know what happened? Not only did they not become as smart as God, there were consequences for not obeying, and they got kicked out of the garden along with some other things. Here's what I want you to remember today. We need to obey God, and you know why? Because he always keeps his promises, Because he loves us so much that he wants us to have this life filled with purpose and with love. And then after that, we get to have eternal life with him. So, after our prayer today, I'm going to give each one of you your own bag of Cracker Jacks. (laughs) When you get to the prize at the bottom, I want you to remember this. Remember that God has the best prize of all, and we just have to believe and obey. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you for loving us so much, and we ask that you help each one of us not be led into all the temptations that there might be, but just to follow you and to love you. Help us to obey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I'm not sure if that's fair. If Florida doesn't bring enough Cracker Jacks for all of us, but uh, <laughs> anyway, we'll deal with that in staff meetings tomorrow. <laughs> we are continuing or picking back up our uh, sermon series for this summer entitled "The Gospel According to Baseball." And for our focus passage this morning, we're going to be looking at um, Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. I'm going to be reading from the third chapter, beginning at the 10th verse. You may want to turn there in your Bible or one of the pew Bibles on the rack in front of you. But before we read God's Word, let us pray together. Lord, we believe your Word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And so we pray that as we open the Scriptures this morning, that you will make us aware of the presence and the movement of your Holy Spirit right here in our midst. Shine forth your truth from the pages of Scripture so that we may not only hear these words you have preserved for us, but understand them and be changed because of what you speak to us this day. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Philippians 3, beginning in verse 10. Listen for the word of God. Paul writes, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. If somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Jesus Christ has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us then who are mature be of the same mind. And if you think differently about anything, this too God will reveal to you. Only let us hold fast to what we have attained. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. So as we turn the calendar to August, we are entering into the period of the Major League Baseball season that are referred to as the dog days of summer. I mean, teams have played about 110 games, and there are more than 50 that still remain. There's a, a long way to go. The temperatures are about as hot and uncomfortable as they are going to get. Spring training is just a distant memory in the rearview mirror. Those hopes of having an injury-free season have uh, crashed into reality. And, um, and, and, and this is the time of the year when teams just have to grind it out. I mean, this is when batters just have to struggle through hitting slumps. When managers are counting the pitches of the aces on their staff so that they're sure they'll have gas in the tank for that September run toward the playoffs. These are the times in the season, these dog days, when we start to ask the question, will the Pirates fade again in the NL East? Will the no-name A's continue their winning ways in the AL West? Will the Tampa Bay Rays overtake the Red Sox in the AL East? And on and on. These are the dog days of summer when it comes to Major League Baseball. However, 
Baseball didn't exist in the Apostle Paul's day. And so he drew on imagery of another sport in our text for this morning. He used imagery that comes from running to talk about the Christian life and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. He sets out the goal in that first verse we read in this passage. Philippians 3, verse 10. Here's the goal of the Christian life in the Apostle Paul's words. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection. It's about a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, being enlivened by that same power that resurrected Christ from the dead. And what Paul says in our passage is that there are times in the Christian life when attaining that goal, when moving toward that goal is, is difficult. When we need to, to press through what can feel like spiritual dog days, when it's, it's hard to continue moving forward in those practices that we have found life-giving and, and helping us grow in our relationship with Jesus, worship and prayer and reading the Scripture and meeting in small groups and, and serving others. Sometimes... We reach difficult days when it feels like we're just stuck right where we are. And in, in his words, and drawing on that imagery of running, that, that pressing on towards the goal, toward that prize, it, it makes me think of a, a time in my own life. I've, I've mentioned before that running is something that, uh, that I do and enjoy doing and a number of years ago one of my one of my bucket list things was to uh, was to run a marathon and so it was a number of years ago and I was I was training to run the Chicago marathon and my training regimen was going pretty well I I would do my longest runs of the week on Saturday because that's when I had the most time and so on this one particular Saturday I had worked my way up in the training regimen to, to where I was planning to run 18 miles that morning. And so I got up and I went out for my run and um, in retrospect, it was a mistake that I didn't uh, eat anything or drink anything before I left. I was young and foolish and just got up and went out and ran. And things were going fine for about the first 10 or 12 miles. And, and then I, I started to feel not so good. And by about mile 14, my mind was saying, keep running, keep running. But my body was not running anymore. My hands were, were a little shaky. My knees were, I felt like I was caught in an Elvis Presley song. My hands are shaking. I can't just seem to stand on all my own two feet. And, and um, I just, I couldn't run another step. And, and I thought I was going to pass out or something. Fortunately, at, at the point when I, you know what that's called, right? In, in running, when you do that, it's called, what is it? I hit the wall. Absolutely. It's called hitting the wall. You just, your body runs out of reserves and it shuts down. The, the blessing for me was I hit the wall very close to the church that we were uh, members of at the time, and I made it to the church, and the pastor was there in his study, and he took one look at me, and he gave me his brown bag lunch that he had brought for the day because he was worried I was going to keel over in his office if he didn't, and, and, he, and he drove me home. It was the only time in all the decades I've been running that I ran out of gas. I just, I hit the wall. I couldn't go any further. I was done. 
And, and I think having had that experience, it kind of, it helps me to understand something of what Paul is talking about in our passage. I think it can give us some insight into what it's like in living the Christian life when we hit those spiritual dog days. When we kind of run out of our own internal resources and we don't feel like there's anywhere else we can go, we're, we're just kind of shutting down as far as our relationship with God goes. And so what I would like for us to take this morning from the great apostles' words is this, that the, the Christian life does not promise that every time we spend a, a, a devotional period in prayer with God that it will be a mountaintop experience. The reality is that there will be dog days. There will be even seasons in our faith journey when we may have the sense that the prayers we offer up to God, that they're not making it past the ceiling of the room. We may feel like when we turn to God that He's not near us and, and not listening to us even though He is close by, even though He does hear. We may not feel the presence and the guidance of God's Holy Spirit, even though Scripture promises that the Spirit is always there leading and guiding us. In spite of what we feel, we can be assured that when we go through those spiritual dog days, those dry spells, God is still with us. And so, uh, when, when that happens, we need to, uh, we need to be aware of that, that self-talk that can sometimes, you know, I'm stuck, I'm not growing closer to Christ, I feel like my uh, spiritual life isn't going anywhere, and then we can say, am I going to be, am I going to be, is it going to be like this forever? Is there any way that I can be unstuck? And of course, there is. Of course, we don't stay stuck in those dog days. I mean, so do you think that after hitting the wall that one Saturday morning that I gave up that bucket list goal of, of running a marathon? No, I, I didn't. I didn't give it up. Within a couple of days, I was back out running again. And the next Saturday, after eating well and making sure I had enough liquid in me, I did a long run again and I completed. A few weeks later, I actually had an enjoyable time completing the Chicago Marathon. It was a real learning experience for me to hit the wall on that Saturday morning. And in the same way, those dry times spiritually that we encounter, we can learn from them. We can be encouraged by God's faithfulness and God's continuing presence. Let, let me illustrate with another running kind of uh, image. So there's, there's something that's almost the exact opposite of, of hitting the wall that runners experience periodically. You know what it's called? Uh, a runner's high. That's right. I, I heard that. I'm sure there's, there's some sort of physiological explanation for it having to do with the biochemistry of the body. I, I can't explain that to you. What I can say is that a runner's high feels good. You, uh, you, you have this, your senses are all tingling Everything seems sharp and clear, and you, you have this sense of euphoria. But the other thing about a runner's high is that you never know 
when it's going to happen. Like You, you can't just decide, oh, I'm going to start running this afternoon and go experience a runner's high. No, that it, it happens in the midst of a regular training regimen. A runner's, we experience a runner's high when we're out there logging our miles day after day. And all of a sudden, in the midst of that, in the midst of the discipline of doing what runners do to accomplish their goal of, of reaching for the prize they're aiming for, you get this amazing experience in which the sun seems brighter, the trees and the grass seem greener, the breeze on your face seems fresher, and you feel that you could run all day long. And I think something very similar applies to our lives spiritually. We may go through these seasons that feel like the dog days of summer. But as we are faithful and obedient to continue in worship, to continue spending time in prayer with God, continue listening to his word and scripture, continue meeting with brothers and sisters in Christ, continue serving others. It is in the midst of those regular spiritual practices that God surprises us and meets us in exciting ways and, and gives us a mountaintop experience. Think about the Apostle Paul, the writer in this passage to the Philippians. Do you think that on the day he set out for Damascus from Jerusalem, he said, I'm going to take this journey and meet Jesus along the way. And my life is going to be changed in that instant and I am going to be called to share with the Gentiles the good news of the message of the Messiah, of God's love and grace for them. That isn't at all the way it happened. It was a complete surprise when Saul, as he was known at that time, met the risen Christ in a dramatic way on the Damascus Road and it changed him forever. Whenever he told his story throughout the pages of Scripture, he would remember that Damascus Road experience. It defined him. And God is still in the business of meeting us in surprising and life-changing ways as we go about the business of day-to-day -day life and faith and seeking to draw near to Him. Sometimes we have opportunities for mountaintop experiences. I've, I've had a couple in the last several weeks, getting to go to Nicaragua with a mission team and see what God is doing there and experience what God did within us as we serve together. And yesterday, I cannot tell you what a joy it was to volunteer the day to escort a family from our community through each of these different stations and to see them loved on and embraced and valued by our church family. It was a beautiful thing to see. It was a mountaintop experience for me. And so I encourage you, if you are experiencing some dog days spiritually, to continue to use those practices that help you draw near to the Lord. Because you never know when God's going to meet us in a transformative way. It could be here at his table as we break bread together.
God knew that we would experience dog days in our spiritual lives. God knew that we would experience seasons in which we don't feel his nearness. And I think one of the ways that God has reminded us of his promise never to leave us and never to forsake us is right here at this table with this bread and this cup. These signs that uh, God wants to be in relationship with you and with me so much that he was willing to sacrifice his son, his only son, his beloved son, that we might find forgiveness, that we might be transformed, that we might experience the joy of a relationship close and growing with our Heavenly Father. And so as we prepare to receive these elements, I invite you, if you have professed faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to receive this bread and receive this cup because this isn't a table that belongs to any particular church or to any particular denomination. This is the Lord's table. And you, Christian, are welcome here. And so as we prepare together at this table, let us pray with gratitude in our hearts. O Lord, you are mighty, and by your word, everything that is was created. And yet you tell us in Scripture that you created humankind in your image, especially for relationship with you. And so if there are those of us here who are going through a spiritual dry spell, who are experiencing dog days in our life of faith, who may feel far from you. I ask you to pour out your blessing and your presence upon this bread and this cup so that as we receive them, our hearts may be quickened and our minds and spirits may be made acutely aware of your love and grace active in our lives, drawing us deeper into a relationship with you, encouraging us to live out the purpose that you have created each one of us uniquely to fulfill. Meet us here this day. We need, O oh Lord, to be fed from your hand. We need to receive the cup of the vine. We thank you, O oh God, for what Christ accomplished for us on the cross and in the empty tomb. And we offer up these prayers in his name. Amen. Friends, hear now the words of the institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ. As they're recorded by the Apostle Paul, he writes that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
Then in the same manner after the supper, Jesus took the cup and said, this is the cup of the new covenant sealed in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. And he will come again. Friends, these are the gifts of God for the people of God.
Let us pray. God, we give you thanks for nourishing us along our journey of faith as we seek to draw near to you. Use these elements to accomplish your purpose that we might follow faithfully and obediently as we seek to honor you and to be a blessing to others. And now unite our hearts as we unite our voices, praying the prayer Jesus taught his followers to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now as this service ends and when you go from this place today, go with God's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace now and forever. Amen. Amen.